0: This morning, I'm going to talk about restore. Restore. And we're going to be in Psalms 80. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Psalm 80, that'd be great. Psalm 80, we're going to be looking at verses 14 through 19. But 19 is kind of the kicker. It says, Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine. And we shall be saved. And we shall be. Oh, hallelujah. Turn us again, O oh Lord. Mm. He is not talking to unbelievers here, He is talking to us, the children, His children. And he's saying, and the psalmist is writing here, Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Do we sometimes get away from the Lord? Do we sometimes allow ourselves not to be in that place where we are hearing from Him? Or Do we sometimes get out of obedience with the Lord and we follow our own ways? And we get caught up in our worldliness. And so the psalmist is saying, restore, turn us again. Do we need to be reminded? Oh my word, wasn't that, wasn't that awesome this morning? I mean, we went from tears to laughter. Back <laughs> to Can you man? You see, that's what happens when we turn to God and we say, "Lord, I'm bringing my stuff to you. Cleanse me, use me, make me passionate about you again." Oh Lord, God of hosts, cause thy face to shine. You know what he's—he's always shining. But you know what that's really talking about? Let your face shine on me. I've gotten away from you. I've been over here in the darkness, playing in the darkness, getting myself in trouble, doing stupid things. Um, Can we just admit that when we get outside of God, we do stupid things? That's why we need His forgiveness. That's why we need His grace. That's why we need to to practice repentance. Lord, I'm a mess. Forgive me for my mess that I'm in. Forgive me for the mess that I've caused. Forgive me for getting outside of your will. Repentance is so cleansing. It is so good. And the cool thing is, You don't have to go to a confessional and tell me all about it. Hallelujah! You take it right to the high priest of our soul, Jesus Christ. You say, Lord, I'm a mess. Forgive me. Forgive me for returning to my pagan gods. Forgive me for getting my eyes off of you. Forgive me, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus... I thank you for your touch, but Lord, you want to do even more. Lord, you want to restore today. Lord, you want to do a work in our lives today. Lord, you want to touch us. and Oh Lord, we want to touch you. Forgive us, Lord, for getting outside of your will. Forgive us, Lord, for playing in the darkness. Forgive us, Lord, for, oh Lord Jesus, for being fooled by the evil one. Forgive us, Lord, for getting outside of your will. Lord, help us to be passionate about you again. Help us to return to our first love, and that's you, Jesus. And let us come and buy from you, because, Lord, only the stuff that comes from you is lasting. Everything else decays. But Lord, what we receive from you lasts for eternity. Oh Lord, I thank you for your anointing in this place and what you're doing. Lord, you want to do even more than this. Lord, have your way. Touch us, I pray. Let your anointing just continue to flow and speak to our hearts. And Lord, I thank you for your anointing. In Jesus' name amen and amen i wasn't sure if the lord was going to replace this sermon to have it preached later on because this is what i was going to preach last week but boy oh boy i'm telling you what doesn't it fit the service because yeah. the holy spirit knows what he's doing you lord you wanted to let the lord i had to ask the lord is this when you want us to pray are you sure are you sure because you know and then i forgot about the last song And both Jason and I got tickled by it. (laughs) And all of a sudden, laughter erupted in the church. Don't you know that when we're touching God, it causes joy to break out in our lives? The Lord talks about us being his vineyard. And so I said, Lord, revive us. If we're your vineyard, Lord, revive us. Dig up around the soil. Go ahead, fertilize us with your word. I'd rather be fertilized with the word than manure, because the word makes me smell good. Manure just makes me smell like poop. <laughs> <laughs> you, you Revive <laughs> us, Lord. What does it say in verse fourteen? Return, we beseech thee, O oh, Lord. Put this, get this word into our minds and into our hearts. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and behold and visit this vine and the vineyard which thy, which your right hand has planted and the branch that that thou madest strong for thyself. Wow. It is the Lord who established his vineyard. That's what his church is. Who who dresses the vineyard? Well, Jesus told the parable about the fig tree, right? (coughs) Jesus is in the vineyard. He's working in the vineyard, right? And God the Father comes along, the master of the vineyard, because it's his vineyard. And so, um, you know, this tree hasn't produced anything for years. Cut it down and throw it, get rid of it, so that we can plant something else here. My grandmother used to do that, but she did it a little differently she didn 't worry about cutting it down right away. she'd just walk up to it and says you 're not producing, you die, and she 'd walk away, and she 'd come back and would be dead that 's how her faith was with God, and then we would have to get rid of stuff for her if it was a tree we had a even in her 80s, she was out there with a saw cutting down a tree. I remember that. Her, her plum tree wouldn't produce anymore. Dad wanted to replant it in the front. Nope, it's not producing. So she got my brother and they got one of those big long saws and they just cut it down. My dad came home and said, what in the world did you do, old lady? Well, she was in her 80s. Was she out there working like that? Oh, you didn't stop grandma. But Jesus said, no, wait, let me work on this fig tree. And so he dug around it and he fertilized it. And he says, you know what, in a year, if it doesn't produce, then we'll cut it down. You know what, we need to produce fruit. The Bible says, we shall be known by our fruit that we bear if you don't know what kind of fruit you need to bear, get over to Galatians. I think it's chapter six where it talks about the fruit of the spirit. That's the fruit He is talking about. If we're not bearing that fruit, we need to say, "Okay, Lord, forgive me for not bearing that fruit right there. I am not long-suffering with people. I just want to go." Do you ever feel that way? You're yes. my language. <laughs> Lord, help me to bear the fruit of long suffering. Uh oh. But remember, if you want to get the fruit of long-suffering bearing in your fruit because you haven't been doing it, you see, the problem with long-suffering, you just have to do it. Ooh. You see, the thing is that God the Father is long-suffering with us, otherwise he would have wiped us out a long time ago. Right. Think about Aren't you glad that God the Father is long-suffering with you because you know the mess your life is in? Mm-hmm. Come on. Yep. He did not sit there with a lightning bolt go, And you're just a pile of ash on the floor. Oh, thank God he's gracious. Thank God he's merciful. Thank God he loves us. He's long-suffering with us. We have to do it. Now, if you pray for long-suffering, if you pray for patience, this is how you get it, through trials. So if you pray, Lord, give me patience, you're going to have trials that come with it. We learned in Sunday school that's not a bad thing because the trials make us into better, as we use the rest of the fruit of the Spirit, and we go through that thing trusting God, knowing that he is able, we come out better, we have better character in our lives. And guess what? With better character, we're not doing some of the foolish things we were doing before. And then that character yields hope. Well, that goes right back to Jesus. More of Jesus. How how many do we need to have more of Jesus in our life? Come on. Let me back up to the points I skipped over. Do you know that every revival starts with repentance? It's not talking about the repentance of sinners. He says, if my people, those who are saved, who are called by my name, would what? Repent and turn from their wicked ways. Now, first we've got to humble ourselves, fall on our knees, and then we repent. You see, so many of us forget that we need to humble ourselves. What does it mean to humble ourselves? Knowing that he's greater than me. He's smarter than you. His word makes more sense than what comes out of our mouths most of the time. Oh, my word. They should never have started a prayer meeting around here. (laughs) Oh. Wasn't that good we still had prayer meeting when we couldn't get together because the weather was worse on Thursday than it was on Wednesday? Maybe if we had showed up on Wednesday Thursday Thursday, who knows? God knows. <laughs> God knows, but it's so cool that we can still have prayer meeting because of technology. The best use of technology. Yeah. You we used our texts and everything came in. We had all our prayer. We just prayed at home. Early, we love getting together because where two or three are gathered together, they are in their midst, and when two agree on anything, it shall be done, according to Jesus. That's why you go to prayer meeting to get the, your prayers answered and get things done. And we've been praying for revival. And for financial miracle. We need one. I just had to, I had to get the bid redone for what it's going to cost to resize the building and they want more money. That's okay. This gives God a bigger chance to give us a bigger miracle. You, you see, you never have any money to do ministry anyway. You just got to act on faith and move forward and then God provides. Or Robert says, all the buildings he built at the college there, he didn't have money for so what did you do I dug a hole and God filled it (laughs) that's all I know how to do is I dig a hole and God fills it with a building that was his faith he wasn't a perfect man was he but he understood repentance and he understood faith and he understood that the power of God was greater than him and if God called him to do something it was going to get done we got to get that faith again. I'll tell you what. I'm believing for a harvest of millennials. I'm believing for a harvest of zeers. I'm believing that God is going to break through their hardness and the lies they've been taught. And bring them back to him. This, generation's, this generation is loved by God as much as all the generations before. And let me tell you something. We talk about this, these kids eating Tide Pods. Well, my generation didn't do that. We just fell out of trees and got dirty and did, ran, rode in back of pickup trucks without seat belts and all this stuff. That still happens. But you know what I forgot about? You know what I forgot about in the early 60s that uh, some of those young people were doing as these kids don't do? They were lighting themselves on fire in protest. Seriously? Seriously. How, How dumb is that? <laughs> my so you know what? Every generation has had dummies who need to get saved. Is that right? Every generation... Has had people who need Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior we need to recognize God's Lordship over our lives if we are his vineyard that means he is in charge over our lives if the church is his vineyard we are the church not the building we we should recognize his lordship over our lives then. And no, we better produce fruit. And I'm not talking about doing it through legalism. I'm talking about doing it through the Holy Spirit, through his word. Taking our need back to the cross, taking that sin back to the cross and laying it there and leaving it there. Yielding our will to his will. Jimmy Swagger, fastest piano player in the world when he was young. Beat his cousins Mickey Dilly and uh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Who could play a piano like nuts, and Jimmy could outdo him any day of the week with his eyes closed? Lord called him. So did Sun Records. You know, the the people who produced Jerry Lee and Elvis and all the big acts at the time? Sun Records called him. His uncle came and said, Jimmy, Sun Records has this huge contract for you. You could be a millionaire. Looked at that, showed it to his wife. Look at that. The boy could sing. Oh, I think he sounds better than Mickey and Jerry, right? Boy, could sing. But you know what? What did he do? I'd rather serve Jesus than anything. Now, was he perfect? But you know what? He understands about repentance and why you need to take it back to the cross. Because you know what he found? You know what he found? he found the reason why he had his difficulties is because he was trying to work out his sanctification through works, not taking it to the cross and letting God sanctify him. Because once he learned to take it to the cross, guess what? God finally sanctified him, and that problem that he had went. See, sometimes we we say, oh, the world is going to make me rich. I'm telling you what. Jesus said, Is it better to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Or is it better to have your soul safe with God and turn your back on the world? This psalm was written because the people of God had failed. Now listen to this. Here we're talking about God's vineyard, right? Verse 16. It is burned with fire. It is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of thy continence. Now, if you read before this, it's talking about how the animals have snuck in and um, things have gotten in because the hedge of protection wasn't there anymore. You see, the reason why the people of God had failed, the Israelites had turned their backs on God. And it started with them becoming complacent. Oh, does that sound like the church today? Wow. <laughs> do we want our hedge taken down? Oh, my word. Robin just gave us a testimony about somebody who needed a hedge around them because their gas was leaking in their house. God sent a flood to get their gas fixed because they would have never noticed it. Oh, why do we? I don't like going downstairs. It's, it's full of spiders. I'm not going down there. Uh-oh, there's water on the floor. We better call somebody. Right? We need hot water. Um, ma'am, your gas is leaking. Oh, thank God I called you people. We need that hedge of protection, don't we? We need... we. Moms and dads, if you're sending your kids off to high school to in or Breckenridge High School every day, you better be pleading the blood over them. If you're sending them off to elementary school, you better be pleading the blood over them. And if they're in middle school, you really better be pleading the blood over them. After they became complacent, they started putting things above their worship of God. They started putting things above their worship of God. Oh my word, the NFL became more important than getting out to church to worship God. They didn't have the NFL back then. If they did, they would. Why? How do we know? Because oh did you hear they're having a potluck supper over at the Bale Worship Center. Oh let's go over to the Bale Worship Center for the potluck. Ooh Well, these folks aren't so bad. We as long as they're going to church someplace, we it's okay to come over here to the Bale Worship Center and have some fellowship time with them. Oh my word. But does the Baal Worship Center believe? Oh, no. oh, but pastor, we don't have Baal Worship, don't we? Not? Do we have churches in our community that reject this word? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Or have added to it? Yeah. And I'm not talking about Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons. <laughs> I don't consider them churches. We have churches in our community that ignore most of chapter 1 of Romans and they say they're smarter than God. He says if you reject any add to or reject any of the word, what's going to happen? They're going to be cursed. They're going to be outside of God's will. Well, they take down preachers who tickle their ears. We found out in Sunday school the response to that is gently restore them. Love them, help them, because they've been fooled by the devil, by the gods of this age, who are always weaker than Jesus. Let me tell you something, it's not worth worshipping the gods of this age when Jesus has already defeated them on the cross. And I've already read the end of the book, and so has Satan, and it says he loses. That's why when he's thrown down, he is going to be so mad because he knows his time is short, and I believe he already knows it, and that's why so much wicked stuff is happening in the world. My word, how in the world is it the president's fault that some idiot in New Zealand from Australia goes there, happens to be an eco-liberal? Shoots up a mosque and because he mentions Donald Trump, it's his fault. Wait a second. Something happened when President Obama was president. Some place got shot up and they never blamed him. What is it? Is it because people are stupid? No, it's because the... Devil and his minions are at work causing confusion, and they don't like the fact that this president happens to be pro-life, and he gives out Bibles to survivors of tornadoes. Oh wow! I'll tell you something: you take a stand for Jesus Christ, you're going to get some blowback. But you know what? I'd rather get the blowback than lose my soul. And you know what? This week they even attacked President Obama. This week, poor Chelsea Clinton, oh my word, Don Jr. came to her rescue, said something because it was so terrible. She got attacked straight up to her face. Saying it's your fault, Chelsea, that all this bad stuff's in the world. I'm sorry, she says. <laughs> but words matter. <laughs> and the, the young 20-something-year-old, it's not because the 20-something-year-old is stupid. The devil's gone ahead and deceived her. My word, if she was actually looking at Chelsea, she would have found Chelsea agreed with her on almost everything that she... Right? but because the devil is the father of all lies. Because the devil, he sows confusion. Even those who are lost will attack one another. It's bad enough when Christians attack one another. The Bible says if you don't want to go to heaven, then don't love your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's the truth. If you want to get to heaven, you've got to love me. And i got to love you. It's just the truth. You've got to stop, stop not liking Robin's sweater vest. My words, you've got to just love her for being her. And if she likes sweater vests, then praise God, hallelujah, I love Robin, so I'm going to... I wouldn't ever wear that sweater vest because it's for a girl. <laughs> But I'm going to love her and her sweater vest nonetheless because I want to go to heaven. And we better just not use that as a motivation. We should just love one another. By the way, I like her sweater vest. It looks like it's nice and warm and cozy on these cold days. Right? No, it's not a sweater vest. It's a regular sweater, isn't it? But you know what I'm talking about. Uh Uh-oh, there's a... Green bug underneath the pulpit here. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody lost their wig. <laughs> you know what? You gotta love her for it. Amen. Amen. And then God turns that into a testimony. Isn't that cool? Have no idea, I'm going to church today. I'm all just being festive, going there. Where this? And the Lord turns, wait a second. The Lord, did the Lord have me put this on, or did I put this on? Because He just used it as a testimony to proclaim Him and to lift him up. Hmm. You see, so we're so quick to judge one another, because somebody might have purple hair, or no hair, or too much hair. ask Marion she can she's lived through it all you know the Jesus freaks were freaks because they had long hair right and and, and trust me trust me most of the baby boomers here identified with those Jesus freaks did you know we used to have somebody in our church who attended Woodstock And God miraculously saved her and started healing her brain? Hmm. So they started putting things above their worship of God. And in response, oh, and then, by, because they started putting things in front of their worship of God, they started worshiping at the altars that they shouldn't have been worshiping at. Instead of just going over for a potluck at the Baal Worship Center, they started attending the Baal Worship Center and then started partaking in the worship. When you get saved, you turn your back on all that stuff. When you get saved, you turn your back on those things that were causing you to go to hell, when you get saved... Uh, let, Let me just put it this way. You cannot be a Christian and be a witch. It don't work. Jesus says you cannot serve two masters. Either you'll love one or hate the other. It don't work that way. And I don't care... A witch is a witch. I don't care if she's a black witch or a Wiccan. If you're not, if Jesus Christ is in the center of your life, you have no eternal life. You can't serve two gods. You can only serve one and the one true God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. No woman, no child comes to the Father except me Satan would lie to this generation and say no it's okay you can do more no it's not okay because that deception is going to become so real in these last days that even some of the elect will be fooled check out what the Bible says do you know that we don't have, those who are not asleep and slumbering when Jesus comes don't have to, will not be caught unaware of the rapture? He comes as a thief in the night for all those who are asleep. But Paul says, but you are not so. We forget that part of the verse. Because a lot of us just want Escapism. My wife and I are always talking about that. We, we smile and we talk about it. So many of us want just escapism. I don't want to go through any different, none of us do. Does anybody here like going through difficult times? No. Oh my word. But tribulation just means great pressure. You've been through pressure in your life. Every mother here who's born a child understands about pressure. Oh my word. I don't know if we men could handle that. Pressure. Oh wait a second kidney stones, but um, then we have to apologize for our wives for what we put them through. (laughs) And in response to all this, God took down his hedge of protection from them. But you know what I love about our Heavenly Father? He always has a way of escape. Look Look at Psalm 80, verse 17 and 18. Look who it's talking about. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand. That position of power. Upon the son of man, whom thou madest strong for thyself. So will not we go back from thee? Quicken us. And we will call upon thy name. You know who he's talking about there? Jesus. Who else is at his right hand? Who else is at that hand of power? And through Jesus, he can quicken us. God had a plan, a way for us to connect with him, not through religion, but through relationship. If you've been trying to connect with Jesus through religion, that there's a reason why you've been missing it. But if you are connecting with Jesus through your relationship with Him, through His Word, by the Holy Spirit, fellowshipping with fellow Christians, oh, I'll tell you what, you will be the happiest person even if you're going through a hard time. My word. We can still rejoice even with all this winter going on. I saw that snow falling down, and I saw it starting to stick, and I said, wait a second. The weather person said it was just be flurries. It ain't supposed to be sticking. <clears throat> but I'm glad we can go to, the, I was so glad when they said unto me, let us go off to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, we get to go to church. Jesus came and brought salvation. He loved us so much. He willingly died on the cross for us. Has anybody else done has anybody loved you that much? Before we bought the building, Salvation Army wanted to buy the place to uh, make it into a childcare center. And I would love to do the, I I would love to do something they wanted to do to the building, put a bathroom back there. But you know why they didn't buy the building? It was gonna cost them $10,000 to do, so they didn't buy it. Yeah. And I wouldn't be digging up the floor, I'd be digging another line to the street. We had another bathroom back there. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yes, it would be very nice. It'd be so nice. But first I need to put another furnace in the building. I am I'm believing for things. God is showing me things. You know, we would be getting through this winter a lot better if we had my gas bill. Yeah. When I got off electric heat, oh my word, what a oh showers of blessing I start singing, you know, I start oh the joy of the Lord is my strength. All that. But Jesus willingly, done. has anybody ever done that? Loved you so much that they willingly laid down their life? You know what Jesus said about the Father and him? He says, the Father loves me because I willingly lay down my life and then I take it back up again. Why? So for the saving of souls. That's why, that's why the Great Commission is so important. That's why the Great Commission is so important. Let us awaken to our faith in Him. I believe that's why the Holy Spirit's been interrupting us. Wait, whoa, whoa. Mm. Uh-huh. has He been interrupting us? No. no. Too many times we interrupt what He wants to do. Right? right? Nope. This is why the Holy Spirit's doing what He's doing in our services. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and get on their knees. And some of us can't get on our physical knees, but we can get on the knees of our hearts, can't we? All oh, the stuff some of us here are facing in our lives, in our families. And our health. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for saving our souls. For God wants to quicken us. Now, I had to use this translation, the old King James, for a reason. Because the language was better than the other translations. For explaining itself. Except there's a better translation to quicken. It's revive. You see, you read some of the other verses that we read before. By not reading it in the King James, it doesn't make sense as much. But the better word for quicken is revive. He wants to revive us. Almost every translation uses the word revive there. I don't know what that brother Holman said about that, but um. (laughs) bunch of people, yep, revive us. Bunch of people are turning in their Bibles. Where is it? Psalm comes after um, Proverbs, no, no, before Proverbs, and after Job. Yeah, Job. Job was before Psalms, and now I can find and Psalm 80, Psalm 80. Does that come before 82? <laughs> Have we ever been there? Yeah, we all been there. Remember when we first got saved, and somebody says, open up your Bible, before we had all this technology, open up your Bible to the book of Habakkuk. Oh man, I just learned where Mark was. You want me to find Habakkuk? Ah! Where is it? Go to the index. Huh. Is that even a word? Ah! I could have said Nahum, folks. It's one of the minor prophets. Oh, he wants to revive us. Bring us back to life. Bring us back to our passion. Bring us back to him. And then he says in verse 19, turn us again, O God of hosts. <laughs> so that we will go back verse 18 from the quicken us that we will call upon thy name. Verse 19, turn us again, O Lord of hosts, cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Are you needing that in your lives this morning? Are you needing that? Are you needing to feel God's presence again? Are you needing that? Your life might be in turmoil right now. Take it to the cross. Take it to Jesus. Let him touch you. Let him revive you. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, turn from thy wicked ways, meaning repent, I will revive them. And here's the kicker. When we do when he does, he will heal our land. He will heal your family. He will heal those things you need healed in your life when we yield to Him. And then, that's just personal, then He's going to heal our land. And when He does, that's when awakenings happen. And that's when those unsaved friends of yours that are so thick in the head and you've been trying with them. When the press is quiet, you're trying with them. When you're in the break room and you're trying with them. And they just say, yeah, and they give you lips. Yeah, yeah, they do this. <laughs> and that's all they got, no follow through. They just look like one of those bobbleheads. Bobble But when the church gets revived and awakening comes, all of a sudden it gets past all that and it gets to their heart and they come to know Jesus. Isn't the millennials worth it? Aren't they worth it? Aren't our children worth it? Aren't our grandchildren worth it? Orpah. And Ruth had a decision to make. Ruth chose wisely. She clung to her mother in law and chose God. Orpah turned her back, walked back to the Baal worship center, got married. And what is the result? Ruth got married, but over there in Israel, to a Jew, because he was from Judah, a godly man. And what was the result? Ruth bore a son named Jesse. Jesus comes from the root of Jesse. Jesse. Bore. Yeah, Obed. And then he had Jesse. Obed. He had Jesse's wife bore King David. Orpa, She worshipped the devil. Burned her children to the Baals. What did she reproduce in her family line? Goliath. David killed Goliath. And their great-grandmas used to be sisters, sister-in-laws. Family. David kills Goliath, the end of their line. David's line goes on, and Jesus is born. And he's the King of kings and Lord of lords, and his reign has never ended. And one day he's coming back for his church triumphant. Triumphant. and he will reign on this earth a thousand years and then will come the judgment where finally the goats and the sheep are separated the tares and the wheat are separated and we go into eternity with him and everyone else who di- rejected jesus goes into an eternity of hellfire and no way out oh Take your stuff to the cross today. Jesus died for you so you could be saved. Jesus died for you so that your family can be healed. Jesus died for you. And then he proved who he was when he came out in resurrection power and said, see, I defeated sin, I defeated death, and I defeated the grave. All on the cross. And he came out. And said, put your faith in me. And I'll give you eternal life. And I'll forgive all of your sins. Oh, draw me close to you, Lord. Never let me go. Oh, I lay it all down again. Just to hear you say that I'm your friend. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you what you're doing here today and what you've been doing these last, this, this whole month, Lord. Continue on, Lord. Continue on running our services. Continue on drawing us close to you. Lord, we need you. We have folks in our church that don't talk about some of the troubles they have. Like the old song says, Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but my Jesus. We have people just like that in our congregation here today. Lord, they're carrying their own load. Lord, carry it for them. Draw us back to you, Lord. Lord, forgive us for getting away. Forgive us for not having enough faith to know we can walk on water. Forgive us, Lord, for not trusting you enough. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you, Lord, for our Jesus, who loved us so much that he laid down his life on the cross, so we could be saved. Thank you for the work of the cross, Lord. We praise you in Jesus name. Nobody's looking around. I just just keep your eyes shut because this is going to be personal. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Are there some here that nobody's looking around, every eyes are closed there's some here that feel like they've gotten away from the Lord and they want Him to draw them back. Just lift up that hand. I just want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you. Lord, that you've done some things that you are embarrassed of. Done some things that you've need to truly repent of and be set free. Just lift up that hand. God wants to touch you. Hallelujah. Lord sees you right now. Lord sees you at hand. Those hands have gone up. Let's pray together. And everybody else, join in to help them and be praying for them. Because sometimes we've been there where they're at. So pray this with me, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I need you. I need you. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. For getting away. away. For, turning my back, for turning my back. Or just getting, off the path. just getting off the path. Lord, bring me back to you. Lord, bring me back. Forgive me, Lord. I love you. You see the mess I've made. But you can make it all right. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And thank you that you love me. And you want to restore me. In Jesus' name. Lord, revive us. Revive us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now when the devil tries to tell you later on you didn't do anything, just kick him in the teeth. He's already been kicked in the head. You know how you kick him in the teeth? You say, no, I prayed to Jesus today and he has promised, he set me free. You're a liar, devil. I'm not listening to you no more. Because all you want to do is destroy me but my Jesus wants to make me live and live more abundantly.